Welcome to the Awakened Self Podcast. I am Jasmine Lipska, a women's life coach, self-actualization mentor and author. And in this podcast, we discuss everything that guides you, the heart-centered woman, in embodying your authenticity, reclaiming your worthiness and living your truth. Through diving into the inner work, you'll receive the resources, tools, and practices supporting you in connecting with your awakened self. Thank you so much for being here. And now let's get into the episode. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It is still me, Jasmine Lipska, and as you can tell by the title of this episode, we have rebranded our podcast. So it's no longer the Jasmine Lipska podcast, although it still is me, but we've just rebranded it to the Awakened Self podcast. I absolutely love it. I love, love, love this new name change. I've been feeling the call to change this podcast name for a while as well. And I just think it's such a well-suited name for everything that I'm about, everything I love teaching and empowering you. And I'm all about guiding you to live your higher self, your awakened self, so you can live your truth, embody your authenticity and reclaim your worthiness. I'm so, so passionate about this. So that is the announcement. So you're not confused when this show pops up on your iTunes subscription. It's still me. We've just rebranded the name. So the main part of today's episode is really about 24 lessons I learned in 24 years. Now, this is a ritual that I do every single year on my birthday. I love to share the lessons that I've learned so far or the main lessons. You know, I could write definitely over a hundred of these, but we're going to stick to 24 because I am at 24 this July. So how about we get straight into it? So lesson number one, every obstacle you encounter in your life redirects you back onto your path of alignment if you choose to learn from these obstacles. So I've always believed, and I've seen this over and over again in my life, that you are never ever given a challenge that you cannot handle. God, source, the universe, what you prefer to believe in, loves you, created you for a reason. And so you're never given a challenge that you cannot literally handle right? So every obstacle, every challenge you encounter, see it as divine intervention, see it as feedback that the universe is just correcting your course, bringing you back into your path of alignment. Because when we live in true alignment with our authenticity, our values, with who you are, then your life is in Kriya, right? In flow. But when you're going off course, if you're being someone you think you should be, living up to other people's expectations, people pleasing, you know, leading from ego over leading from your heart, the universe can provide some obstacles, some feedback to you so you can redirect your course back onto your path of alignment and then create flow in your life. You're meant to live in alignment. Kriya, flow, is meant to happen in your life. So see these obstacles as feedback as a way to redirect you back to alignment and so choose to see the lessons in the obstacles in the challenges that are given to you and this is one of the most empowering mindsets that you can choose to have 
So lesson number two is your dreams and desires were given to you because you are capable of bringing them into a reality. So this is kind of similar-ish to the first lesson, but this one is more about when you're given a desire, a dream, you know, when you feel so deeply passionate about something, when you know, you can see this vision for your life and you want to pursue something, whatever it may be, know that these dreams and desires were given to you because you are capable of bringing them into a reality. If you weren't capable, you literally would not have received that that idea. You wouldn't have that dream at all. So the pure fact that you can visualize something, you can dream about it and you desire it means you are capable. Now, does that mean it will happen? Well, it depends. It depends if you take action or not. It depends if you believe in yourself or not. It depends if you trust in yourself or not. But if you do trust, if you do believe, if you do take the action, you are so capable of bringing this dream, this idea into a reality. Whether it's a business idea, a product idea, or something, anything you want to go pursue, anything at all, you are more than capable because you have received the idea. So trust in it. Have deep trust. All right, lesson number three. Everything about you authentically was designed with intention so that you can live your soul's dharma. So just know that there is so much room for you. You are meant to be here. You were created exactly as you were because you're here to live your soul's dharma through your human body, right? And that is such a beautiful thing to know. So knowing this has really allowed me to own the body I'm in, to own who I am, my personality, my my nature as well. You know, for example, I used to be quite ashamed or embarrassed about how sensitive I was. I've always been sensitive, even as a kid. I've always been so sensitive. And so when I came to understand that actually everything about me was designed with intention so that I can live my dharma, so I can contribute to the world in exactly my soul, how my soul chose to contribute. My sensitivity is a gift. I'm meant to be sensitive and I can use this in a really positive way. So that's an example. So have a think about, is there something about you innately that you're ashamed about, that you hide, that you reject, that you judge about yourself? Because I guarantee you that thing you have been shamed about or you feel embarrassed about is a huge part of your dharma, is a huge part of your purpose. There is so much room for you and you're meant to be here exactly as you are. Okay, lesson number four. Feeling enough happens when you detach your worth from external things. Now, this has been a huge lesson for me in my life because I grew up really attaching my worth to external things such as achievements, what I achieved in life, whether it's the good grades, just anything I had on the outside, I attached my worth to that for a long time. And you know what? When those things, when I didn't have those things, if I didn't achieve the grades or didn't achieve XYZ, then I felt not good enough. But the truth is you were born enough, right? You didn't come out of the womb just thinking you weren't good enough, 
right? Through conditioning, through how our upbringing, our childhood, we learn to attach our worth to certain things that perhaps our family did or encouraged us to. And so if you want to truly feel good enough, which all of us do, that's part of self-actualization. We want to feel good enough so we can feel happy, so we can have love in our lives, so we can thrive and be joyful, right? You can't have joy and feel not good enough. You feel joyful when you feel good enough. So when you feel good enough, when you feel enough as you are, it happens when you can detach your worth from external things. So a much rather I took myself through and I really repeated was regardless of what I've achieved today or not achieved, I am enough, right? Regardless of what I have on the outside, I am enough. And so sometimes going back to the lesson obstacles, the universe may take something away from you, quote unquote take, to really teach the lesson to feel good enough even without that thing, right? Because when our worth is attached to external things, whether it's how many friends you have, how much money you make, your achievements, or just something on the outside, when your worth comes from that, your worth is built on sand, right? And so think about a house. If a house was built on sand, it's not a very sturdy house, is it? You wouldn't want to live there. It's not a strong house. It could collapse at any time. On the other hand, if your worth is built on how you perceive yourself, how you think about yourself within from your own perception of you, it's just like a house being built on brick, on cement, right? It's a sturdy house. It's not like it's built on sand. It's a strong house that will stay there. And that is your self-worth. When you can derive who you are and feel good enough from within, aka the opinion you have of yourself, That is so important for your mental health, for your self-worth. That is the key to feeling good enough, okay? So if you're listening to this, ask yourself today, what have I attached my worth to, right? What is something that I have, I'm now depending on to feel good enough? And get really honest with yourself. It's okay. You don't need to judge yourself in this process. We, We all can attach our worth to external things. That's just human. But be aware of that. And then ask yourself, what if that thing wasn't here anymore? Would I still feel good enough? And if not, give this worth back to yourself. Detach who you are from the things you have, what you do. And instead, focus on who you be, who you are. Who you are is enough. Okay, lesson number five. You create identities and masks and personas to feel accepted by others. However, doing this only ever leaves you not accepting yourself. So it's quite ironic, isn't it? In the pursuit of wanting to be accepted by others, we stop accepting ourselves. It's funny to actually think about that, but that's the truth. And so what's really more important, being accepted by others or you accepting yourself? Now, here's one thing I know to be sure. You are going to live with yourself for the rest of your life. So I know I would rather accept myself than chase acceptance from others, right? So don't trade your authenticity for someone else's approval, If someone else doesn't accept you because you're being authentic to you and they don't like that or for whatever reason, they're not your people. You're not meant to be for everyone. You're meant to be for your tribe. 
So find your tribe, the people who love, accept you for who you are, right? So don't trade your authenticity for approval. And instead of chasing the acceptance from others, remember, first and foremostly, accept who you are. Stop rejecting yourself. Stop judging yourself. Stop hiding who you are to be accepted because that only will ever leave you feeling unfulfilled, not truly accepted by others, and just really unfulfilled, as I said. So that's lesson number five, a big one that's come up for me in my life. Okay, the next lesson, number six. Depression often happens when we are out of alignment with the truth of who we are. So I've experienced depression quite a few times in my life. And looking back, all the times when it occurred, the pattern was that in those times, I was being out of alignment with who I was, the truth of me, who I am. I depressed, right? I suppressed something about myself. And so that caused the depression, right? So if you ever have experienced depression, or if you are currently experiencing that, I want you to know that you're not alone, that you don't need to judge yourself for it. There's no need to feel guilty or ashamed about it at all. It's a very human thing, but I invite you to ask yourself, Where could I be living out of alignment right now? Where am I choosing comfort over alignment? Where am I choosing to please others out of over living in alignment with my truth? Where am I living for others instead of myself? And really ask yourself that. Get clear on that. Take your time to get clear on that. But it's been such a gift to realize that, okay, if I'm ever feeling this sense of depression, that's kind of come out of quote-unquote nowhere, uh, it's likely because I'm living out of alignment with my truth. So let's come back to that. Where am I people-pleasing? Where am I chasing approval? Where am I seeking significance from? You know, How has my ego taken over? Let's come back to me. Let's come back to my heart space. Okay. Lesson number seven. The ingredients for a joyful life are giving creating and connecting. I actually came up with these ingredients a little while ago and they've been working so, so well for me. I had to add it on this uh, lessons list. So this can be an activity you do as well. You know, write down your ingredients for a joyful and meaningful life. For me, I came up with three main pillars, giving, creating, and connecting. If every single day I can give something to someone else, If I create something and if I build connection in my life, if I just do these three things, I have joy, I have meaning, I have purpose, and that is enough, right? And yeah, I just love these ingredients. Connection. Connection is so important for us as human beings, connecting with someone on a deeper level, being genuine, you know, connecting can be like spending quality time with your partner, with a loved one, or even, you know, if you go out to a cafe and just connecting with the waitress, asking genuinely, how are you? And connecting with them, getting to know even a stranger, right? That is connection. Creating. We are 
beings who are here to create. We just create as human beings. We turn ideas, we turn nothingness into something, right? Into something physical. Just like how I am turning my thoughts into words into a podcast right now. We are creative beings. So it doesn't, (laughs) creating doesn't mean just art. Like there's this idea that I feel like if you're a creative person, you have to be some artistic person. Not at all. And I'll give you an example. My dad, he creates fences, right? Like he builds things. So it's not just related to art. My grandma, she loves to create food. She loves to cook, right? So create something every day. You're here to create and it's one of the most fulfilling things you can do for yourself. So what can you create today? Giving. Now, giving, of course, is always a dopamine booster. Giving always feels amazing. Giving shows the universe you have an abundance of joy, of of just things to give because you are so full yourself. And giving, when you give without expectation of having anything in return, you're always divinely compensated. So giving, creating, and connecting are my three ingredients for a joyful life. Okay, lesson number eight. Stepping away from drama and chaos is one of the most self-honoring choices that you can make. You don't need to be in drama all the time. You don't need to have chaos happening in your life all the time, right? Choosing to step away from that, choosing to leave environments and situations that are always causing drama and chaos is one of the most self-honoring choices that you can make for yourself. You don't need that in your life. You don't. You just don't. And it's safe. It's not quote-unquote selfish to step away from that. It's actually the most self-honoring choice you can make. Period. That's it. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Okay, lesson number nine. The keys to a healthy relationship are trust, understanding, and devotion. So in my own relationship with my husband, we embody these three things and I've noticed that they really support us in having this healthy, beautiful, conscious relationship. We trust in each other deeply. We have this mutual trust that, you know, a relationship is built on trust. That is the foundation. If you don't have that, you're going to create insecurity. You're never going to have this peaceful feeling. So trust is so important and having trust in each other begins with trust in yourself as well. So trust, understanding, understanding meaning you can see each other's differences, you understand, you have empathy for each other, like you're not judging each other, but instead you see each other's unique lenses with understanding. You don't try to change each other either, but you understand why that person is the way they are and you still love them for that. That is understanding. And devotion. So devotion is being deeply devoted to each other, loving each other and showing it not just through words, but through action as well. And being committed to each other through, for example, communication. If you can have the uncomfortable, hard conversations and you are willing to communicate, that is an example of devotion. You want this relationship to work. You are devoted to each other. And so you communicate with honesty, with vulnerability. So those are the keys I've noticed to a healthy relationship. It's having trust, understanding, and devotion. And of course, there's a lot more, but that's what I wanted to say for this particular lesson. Okay, lesson number 10. Don't try to be the best. Aim to be yourself. 
Mm, I love this one. Don't try to be the best, aim to be yourself. Right. Each time you compare yourself to someone else, each time you try to be exactly like someone else or even better, you dilute your authenticity. You lose a sense of who you are. You step away from your authenticity. And that is an act of self-betrayal, right? So instead of trying to be the best or being like someone else, aim to be yourself. This is your magnetism. This is what makes you you. This is what makes you attractive to your tribe. Again, you don't have to be for everyone, but you're here for your tribe. So by being yourself, you attract your tribe, the people who love what you have to say, people who love being in your energy. You don't need people in your field who don't like you like it, it that's just not necessary so aim to be yourself and that way you magnetize the people who are meant for you being the best just dilutes your authenticity it is self-betrayal and it leads you onto the path of living for someone else and we can often then forget who we really are when we try to be the best so simply do your best and aim to be your self mm, potent I love it. <laughs> okay, lesson number 11. If someone's judgment or opinion bothers you, it's an invitation to deal with your insecurity. So this is a really key lesson and big lesson for sure that I learned in my life, right? We don't hold on to judgments from other people that we know are absolutely untrue. We only hold on to judgment when there is our own shame or guilt or fear underneath it. And so if someone's judgment or opinion bothers you and you're holding on to it, this is an invitation to deal with the insecurity, to heal, to heal that wound, to heal that trigger. So an example that I have shared on the podcast before is, you know, if someone calls you a frog, hey, you're a frog, it's not going to really bother you, right? You're not going to hold on to it because you know it's not true. You're not a frog. You're just not. But if someone says, you don't look good in that dress, ooh, that could trigger you, that could bother you. If, for example, you feel insecure about the way that you look or you're trying to prove yourself, be accepted by others through your appearance, right? So if that comment, that judgment bothers you, instead of being the victim, blaming them, calling other people names, deal with your own insecurity. This is the most empowering stance you can take. And yes, even if it's a hater or anyone, use this as gold, okay? Use the judgment, opinion, or someone who hates on you as gold, to really solidify your self-worth within and to own those insecurities so that no matter what they say again, it's not going to bother you so much. You can just let it go, right? And you deserve the peace. You deserve it. So if someone's judgment or opinion bothers you, it's an invitation to deal with the underlying insecurity. And yes, it means getting really honest with yourself. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but it's also one of the most rewarding things. It's how you take your power back. It's way better doing this than staying in a victim mindset. Okay, lesson number 12. 
You don't need anyone's permission to live your purpose. You don't need anyone's permission to do your dharma, to follow your path, to follow the path that God or the universe has created for you. And the thing is, when we follow our purpose, when we truly connect with our dharma, it's not always going to make sense to someone else. It's not always going to be supported by other people around you, including loved ones. It just might not make sense to them because perhaps they never got the opportunity to awaken and follow their purpose. Right? And that's okay, that's their projection, but you don't need anyone's permission to live your purpose, even if it's misunderstood, even if people don't get it, they didn't understand it's okay because you understand as long as you understand where you're going as long as you are clear you know yourself you just need your own permission it's not worth holding back or waiting for other people's permission to live your purpose because you're going to wait forever for the rest of your life so give yourself full permission to live your purpose to do the things that people are unwilling to do to do the things that might even be misunderstood by others to tap into that courage that you have the bravery and you're always going to be so so rewarded okay lesson number 13 you are always in charge of what you tolerate in your life you're always in charge <laughs> You don't have to tolerate disrespect, being spoken down to, bullying, harassment, abuse. You don't have to tolerate that anymore. You don't have to take it in. You're not a victim to it. And so if someone judges you, says something nasty, bullies you, you do not have to tolerate it. You don't have to tolerate people who disrespect you either, right? I know that when we do tolerate things, it comes from a place of wanting to be a good girl, wanting to please everyone, keep the peace, fear of conflict. But ask yourself, is it really worth keeping the peace through tolerating being spoken down to, being disrespected by? Is it really worth it? Why are you doing this? Who are you doing this for? Who are you trying to gain acceptance from? Why do you want to be accepted by someone who is bullying you? You don't need their energy in your life. You don't. And you always are in charge of what you tolerate. So if someone is bullying you, saying something nasty, saying something mean, judging you, walk away. Don't give them the attention. Don't take it in. You deserve much, much more than that. I'll say that. Okay, and this is a big lesson I've had to learn because I grew up tolerating a lot. I tolerated bullies. I tolerated being spoken down to. I tolerated a lot of bullshit and that's no more. No more. I ain't tolerating shit anymore. And so it was when I realized, hey, I'm in charge. Hey, I chose to tolerate those things before and I don't have to anymore. I don't have to be the good girl to be accepted by others, to keep the peace, to be to make everyone happy. You know what? I'm going to live for me. And then whoever vibes with that, my tribe, yeah, I'll hang out with these people. That's who I choose to hang out with. Okay, lesson number 14. You are not confused. You are curious. So when you struggle to you know, make up your mind about what you want to pursue in your life and if you're feeling this sense of confusion, well, those who are triggered by you not making up your mind 
will call you confused because it reflects back to them what they didn't get to explore, how they didn't get to explore their options. So, you know, it's easy for someone to say, hey, you're just, you're confused. Why are you being so confused in life? Just pick something. Just pick. That's their own projection. And I want to remind you that you are not confused. You are curious. And I am so proud of you for staying curious, right? To being open to your options, for exploring your interests in life. This is a really, really good thing because your curiosities lead you to your purpose. You're meant to be curious. You're meant to be interested in things. You're meant to follow these cues because they're hints from source, from God, from the universe, the hints that the source is sending to you to guide you onto your path of purpose. You discover your purpose through following your curiosities, through being, through following with your, through with your interests. That is how you discover your purpose and live in alignment with your truth. So you're not confused, you are curious. And as long as you take action and you are following through with your curiosities and your interests, that's the most important thing. So it's not a bad thing to have many interests. It's not a bad thing to want to explore, take time to explore. There's no set timeline you must be on that is BS. You know, I have to be married by this age. I have to have a family by this age. I have to have a job by this age. That is all patriarchal BS. You set your own timeline. Okay, as long as you're happy with your choices, as long as you're making choices that you know come from a self-honoring place, follow that timeline. You are you have this divine timeline created for you. Okay? So you're not confused. You're curious. Okay, lesson number 15. The truth always prevails. So when you are anchored into the truth of who you are, aka when you own who you are and you stop being sorry for your authenticity, no matter what others say, it doesn't matter. So if you are someone who has tended to take things personally, be a people pleaser, be afraid of others criticizing you, um, being afraid of, you know, being quote unquote taken down, whatever that may be. If you're someone who can relate to that, know this, the truth always prevails. So when you own who you are, when you live in alignment with your values, when you own the shame, the guilt, and you stop being sorry for who you innately are, well, it doesn't matter what others say, right? It doesn't matter. Whether they criticize you, judge you, hate on you, it doesn't matter because the truth always reveals itself. The truth always prevails. So again, when you are anchored into your truth, when you know the truth of who you are, you don't need to prove yourself anymore. Proving yourself is tiring. It is so draining. So for example, if you want to be seen as a kind person, wanting to be seen a certain way is tiring because you're going to start proving yourself. You're going to start performing and doing things that may not be truly you to be seen and perceived a certain way in order to be accepted. So that's tiring. That's not the route I recommend you to go down. Now, on the other hand, when you own who you are, you know, when you know the truth that you are a kind person, you have kind, pure intentions and you embody that. So embodying that is just, your, you know, 
you're kind, you ask people how they are genuinely, you're a genuine person, when you know the truth of who you are, you don't need to prove anything to anyone, because the truth always prevails, the truth always reveals itself, so instead of trying to prove people wrong, and you get defensive when someone says something untrue about you, anchor back into your truth, because the truth always prevails, Mm, I love that. Okay, lesson number 16. I don't know is a decision. It's a decision. Now, there have been many times where I felt pressure to make a decision on the spot and I just couldn't decide between left or right, you know, the two opposites. I couldn't decide whether to go for it or not, whether to do it or not. And then I realized at some point that, hey, I don't know is a decision as well. It's okay to not give the direct answer. It's okay to not choose left or right. It's okay to choose I don't know in this moment. It's okay. That is a decision. So own it and never feel pressured to make a decision that you know isn't truly yours because that always leads to resentment. Never make decisions from a place of wanting to please others, to keep the peace, um, out of a place of betraying yourself because again it creates resentment i don't know is a decision okay lesson number 17 you can be spiritual and enjoy wealth and material things period okay spirituality doesn't have to look a certain way i know that once upon a time i used to think that if i wanted to be spiritual you know if i wanted to have a connection with god if i wanted to do oracle cards and connect with energy and all those things you know be a spiritual person that it had to look a certain way i had to wear white all the time i couldn't swear i had to be a good girl but that's not being spiritual is it right when you're trying to be perceived as as a certain way That's actually not spirituality. It's kind of ironic. So spirituality does not have to look a certain way. You are a spiritual person just for being alive, just for being here. If you're listening to this podcast, I know you're a spiritual person. You have a connection to yourself, your soul, to God, the universe source as well. And that alone is enough. If you enjoy shopping, go for it. If you like to swear, go for it. If you like to wear black clothes, go for it, right? You don't have to look a certain way to be spiritual. You can be spiritual and enjoy wealth and material things as well, okay? There's just no way it's meant to look. Get rid of those rules. Remove them from your life. You don't need those rules. You decide what kind of person you are. And again, anchor back into your truth, right? The truth always prevails, Okay, lesson number 18. Being nice is different to being kind. Now, how many of us were taught to be a nice person? Be nice, be nice, be nice. But were we ever taught that it's different to being kind? Now, I'm telling you right now, they're very different things. Being nice is about how someone else perceives you. It's about going out of your way. This is how I interpret nice. Nice is pleasing someone else, right? It's wanting someone else to see you a certain way. Being kind, on the other hand, comes from your heart. It's wholeheartedness. It comes from who you're being. So being nice is different to being kind because being nice 
means you can betray yourself. You might push your needs aside in order for someone to see you as a nice person, but being kind can look like putting your needs first and then going to help that other person once you've filled up your own cup, right? That is kindness. Niceness comes from a place of people-pleasing, impressing others, wanting someone else's approval, and that is draining, that is not your higher self, that lowers your self-worth. So I would rather be kind than be nice, right? And here's an example as well. When you put your needs first and make self-honoring choices, it's not always going to sound nice to someone else, right? Especially if they are not used to you setting boundaries and putting your needs first. For example, if you tell your mum that you know you you don't have time today for her to come over, can she come over tomorrow? She might take that as not a nice thing. She might think you're selfish for not letting her come over, you're being self-centered, and she will just project a lot of things onto you. Now, was it, so for her, it probably wasn't a nice thing for you to set boundaries, but was it kind? Yes, because you're placing your needs first because you're wanting to actually support this relationship by setting boundaries. So you can be a kind person, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be nice because nice is subjective and when you set boundaries, put your needs first, make self-honoring choices, it's just not always going to sound nice to someone else who isn't used to that. So make the self-honoring choices. Choose being kind over being nice. And actually, I want to add on to that. Of course, the way we communicate our boundaries um, and self-honoring choices can sound kind. We can definitely communicate that in a conscious way. But at the end of the day, we cannot control how other people perceive us. And no matter how, you know, kindly we can try to communicate our needs and the importance of you making a self-honoring decision, someone else just may never take that nicely. They may just not ever take that in a good way and you cannot control that so that's why it's more important to focus on being kind than being nice do your best to be kind and if someone else doesn't think that is a nice thing that's out of your control you did your best and you know the truth of who you are okay lesson number 19 it is safe to be in a peaceful relationship it is safe It is safe for you to be in a relationship where there is more calm than chaos, where there is more peace than conflict, okay? A relationship does not need to have constant triggers, constant challenges, constant fights, constant arguments. That is not peaceful. And so if you have been experiencing that, I invite you to ask yourself, what is the belief under that which has caused me to attract, create this kind of situation? And how can you shift this belief so that you create more peace in your relationship? I know that for a lot of people, if you grew up in a chaotic household, perhaps if you saw your parents argue all the time, perhaps you normalized chaos and conflict and you thought that that's just how relationships are. But I'm here to remind you that it doesn't have to be that way that it is safe to be in a peaceful relationship. And sure, inevitably, you're going to have differences, conflict, triggers in a relationship. But what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be constant. It doesn't, there doesn't constantly have to be troubles or problems in your relationship at all. 
It is safe to have long periods of peace, of joy, of fulfillment, of love. And that is what you deserve. And so I learned this lesson and I'm so glad that I called in a relationship where we're both consciously doing the inner work and we know it is safe to have peace. We're not we're not constantly causing chaos or drama. We're not even causing that. It's just if we do get triggered, we deal with it, we sort it out and we come back to love again. So it is safe to be in a peaceful relationship. Okay, lesson number 20. If you don't address your childhood trauma, your relationships and business will. And this is such an interesting thing that I came to learn as I continue to grow my business and deepen my relationship, right? Our childhood trauma, the patterns, the beliefs, the stories we pick up on in childhood at some point or another will come up, will show up in your relationships and or your business. Your business is very much a spiritual journey as well. And so that's why it's so important to do the inner child work. Even before the the triggers or anything comes up, it's it's actually better to notice what stories you picked up in childhood before it actually manifests into a trigger, a challenge, a problem in your business or relationship because you then save yourself so much, so much suffering, right? And so if you don't address your childhood trauma, at some point or another, your relationships and your business will. So do the inner child work. I guarantee it is so, so transformative. I'm always leading my clients through inner child work and guiding them to heal the relationship with them with themselves connect with their inner child and it's just such beautiful transformative work that really shifts patterns in your life so you create the joy the fulfillment the freedom the liberation that you deserve in your life so if you are new to inner child work I do have a separate podcast episode about inner child healing what is it and then if you want to go deeper into this work to get practical and actually embody inner child healing work my online course loved the six pillars to self-love is the course I created for you it's got a whole section on inner child healing with embodiment practices integration work so you can really put this work into practice begin healing your inner child and seeing the results in your life so I'll leave a link to my loved course in the show notes below this episode okay lesson number 21 You weren't put on earth to be perfect. You're here to experience what it is to be human. And that's it. You're here to be human. And I remember about six months ago, I was speaking to my coach about perfectionism, how it was showing up in my life. And she asked me, so I told her some things I was doing that I felt like was me trying to be perfect. And then she asked me, so you're not allowed to be human? And that was really a light bulb moment for me because then I really, truly deeply realized in that moment that, oh my goodness, these things I've been doing to try and be perfect, I've not been allowing myself to be human. 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 Right? We're all here to be human. 
So the next time you find yourself trying to get things perfect, do something perfect, show up perfect, well, firstly, there's no such thing. Secondly, you're here to be human and remind yourself of that. It is safe to be human. And you know what? Being human means you will be vulnerable. It means it takes courage. It means that you need to have bravery and that's okay. No matter how vulnerable you've been, no matter what human qualities you've shown, you're still worthy of love and belonging. You are still worthy. You are worthy just for being human, just for being here, just for being alive, just for breathing. You are worthy. So you weren't, you're not here to be some perfect image, to have everything all together, to slay it all the time. And sure, I'm all about slaying it and living your most empowered life, manifesting, but you're still human as well. You're going to have highs and the lows. So own it. You're here to be human. That's perfectly okay. It's how we connect as well. We don't connect with perfection. We connect with humanness, with vulnerability. So I guarantee you by allowing yourself to be human, you will also deepen the connection in your life as well with other people. Okay, lesson number 22. You don't owe an explanation for your personal choices. You don't. You don't owe an explanation. And this lesson came up and again, it was when I was speaking to my coach and I was asking her some things about, you know, should I explain this thing to my community online? You know, I made this decision. Should I explain it? How do I explain it? And things like that. And then she told me, well, you don't owe an explanation. You don't have to explain your personal choices especially if it's sacred to you. If something is sacred, you do not owe an explanation. And that again was another light bulb moment because for a lot of my life, I felt like I always needed to explain my choices, to prove my choices to, you know, and it it related back to wanting to be perceived as a good person. But of course, the lesson anchoring to your truth that has supported me in letting go of needing to owe an explanation. And then I, it just really solidified when I learned that, yeah, if it's sacred, I don't need to explain it. It's sacred. I deserve to have sacred privacy as well. We all do. So whether you have a community online or whether it's within your friendship group, your family, whatever it may be, if you have made a personal choice that you feel is sacred, you do not need to explain it. And while I believe in transparency as a, you know, a business owner, as a personal brand, as a coach especially, transparency is one thing that's being honest, but keeping some personal choices sacred is also very important as well. You do not need to owe an explanation because that comes from a place of wanting to prove that is low self-worth and it's not supporting you or your audience either. So if you've made a personal choice and you know it's for you, you believe in it, don't need to explain it. Be it instead. Just embody it. Embody what you believe in. Embody your truth. And that's all that you need to do. Okay, lesson number 23. In a society that glorifies hard work and productivity as a badge of honor, one of the bravest things you can do is rest one of the bravest things you can do is rest, right? To take a day off or two days or a week or a month. 
if you know you need it, which we all do, we all need seasons of rest as well, especially if you are the type to just keep on going, 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 you can easily keep on going. Rest is so, rest is necessary. Rest is so important for your well-being, your mental health, everything, right? So allow yourself to rest, especially in a society that glorifies hard work and productivity. You know, for me, what's sexier than work, like saying, oh, I just worked my ass off today. You know what's sexier? I took a break when I needed to. That is so sexy. Having a regulated nervous system is sexy as fuck, right? So if you need to rest and you don't wait till you're burnt out to rest, rest. That is one of the best things you can do for yourself. And I like to see the seasons that we go through in our lives as well through the lens of the doshas. So if you don't know, the doshas are a Sanskrit word for energies, like these energies that we have. And so there is Ayurveda, it's related to Ayurveda, which I'm really interested in. So there's Vata, there's Pitta, there's Kapha. So Vata energy, the dosha of Vata, is that creative state where you're having ideas, you're being really creative, you're planning, you know, you're planning out projects and things like that. That is the Vata phase. And we all have that phase in our lives. And then we have a Pitta phase. And Pitta, this dosha is all about action, taking the action, getting going, putting things into action, yeah, really manifesting them. We, we all need to take action to make things come to life. So there's the action phase. This is the doing phase. And then there's kapha. And the kapha dosha is all about rest, nurturing, rejuvenating, right? So we all go through these three seasons all the time and it's important to, and so kapha, it's so important to set time for this kapha stage as well. Now, if you are a fan of the word productivity, I'm going to say this right now. Rest is productive. It is, right? You might as well get work done in three hours and have two hours of rest than work for seven hours straight but barely get anything done, right? What's the point? What is the point? We function much better when we have ample rest as well. So rest, rest, rest. It's one of the bravest things you can do. For me personally, I've set boundaries around it. So for example, on weekends, especially Sundays, Sunday is my sacred day off. I do not work on Sundays and I, it's just a rest day for me. And Saturday is usually, Saturdays I can be flexible, but I still have a boundary that it's not a day where I dedicate to work. If something comes up, if I'm passionate about something, I will do it. But I still have that boundary of Saturdays mainly for rest as well. And of course, during the week, you know, in the mornings, I have a boundary where I fill up my own cup first. So I go take myself out for breakfast and I do my journaling. And that is part of my rest as well. I don't get into work straight away. I love, love, love to have my own alone time in the morning. If you're an introvert, you'll get it. It's so important. But yes, rest. Please rest. I've learned it the hard way. I've waited too many times till I was burnt out to rest. That's not cool. That's not sexy. I'm not doing that anymore. So I'm, I'm really focusing on rest, even if I'm not burnt out and well, why would you wait till you're burnt out, right? Don't do that to yourself. So rest. Okay, lesson number 24, the final one. You grow when you get out of your comfort zone. Okay, 
and this has probably been one of the main themes I've seen in my life. Every time I got out of my comfort zone, every time I took that leap of faith when I delved into the unknown is always when I was rewarded the most. Get out of your comfort zone. That is how you grow. I do feel like in the past two years, because of the situation going on in the world, most of us have been at home or in the same place, doing the same things. I find that many of us have been accustomed to our comfort zone. And you know, comfort is great. We all need comfort, of course, to thrive. But if you truly want to grow, if you want to really live to your potential, it's so important to still get out of your comfort zone lovingly, right? Lovingly challenge yourself. So if in the past two years you find that you've gotten really comfortable in your comfort zone, I encourage you to take a leap of faith. It doesn't have to be something big, but go out of your comfort zone. Grow. We need to grow as human beings. If we're not growing, you're going to feel like a lack of purpose, lack of meaning in your life, unfulfilled. And it just, we need growth in our life. Growth is different to having chaos all the time. You can enjoy peace. You can enjoy know the ordinary just ordinary things happening in your life and still go out of your comfort zone again lovingly challenge yourself so whether it's going to that dance class finally or starting singing lessons or practicing a new instrument or going traveling going solo traveling even or going on that date right get out of your comfort zone this is when you grow the most it can also look like investing into that mentor that's a bit of a stretch but you know that something just feels so aligned to that coach right making that investment I know for me that's often out of a comfort zone for me and I grow the most because I learn so much or another way I've gotten out of my comfort zone is meeting new people right making new friends so get out of your comfort zone you grow the most we need to grow and this is what gives you fulfillment meaning purpose this sense of aliveness in your life okay so those are some lessons I learned in the past 24 years I hope that something resonated with you today and I would absolutely love to hear what lesson resonated with you the most so if you want to screenshot this episode, tag me on Instagram at Jasmine Lipska and add a text on the top sharing your main takeaway from this episode. I would love to not only read them, but share them with our community as well. And if you have not yet given this show a rating or a review on iTunes, I would wholeheartedly really appreciate that from you. It means a lot. It helps us to share this message and I deeply deeply appreciate it so thank you again for being here again we have rebranded from the jasmine lipska podcast to the awakened self podcast i hope you have a beautiful rest of your day you are enough you are worthy take care and i'll see you in the next episode